you're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome to Switched On Pop. I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And joining us... I'm Jolie Myers. I edit this show. I'm Brandon McFarland, and I engineer Switched On Pop. And I'm producer Rihanna Cruz. Avengers, unite. Assemble. Assemble, Charlie. Oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> Is it Power Rangers Unite? I don't know, but... Woof. Switched On Pop team gather... It's that time of year. I clearly do not know my pop culture references, but I do know my pop culture music. And one of the things that happens at the end of every year is that we have our year-end best of list. Now, here's the problem. When you have a podcast where you talk about the biggest pop songs all year long, you end up covering all the best stuff all year long. And thus, I don't think it would make sense for us to review things we've already talked about. Instead, what I wanted to do, gathering us all together is talk about the most important and favorite recordings that we haven't covered on the show this year. My understanding is you have each selected one song and or album, and we'll each share our favorites, including a listener pick. And if folks stick around to the very end, you'll get to hear how to listen to all of our favorite albums, a much longer selection. Okay, let's start at the very top with our beloved producer, Rihanna Cruz. What have you been listening to this year that has been particularly important to you? This is an interesting question, right? Because I feel like my listening, by and large, haven't really been listening to like a ton of new, new stuff that we haven't covered on the show. But perhaps the record that I've been returning to a lot over the past few weeks is Troy Sivan's Something to Give Each Other. The lead single, Rush, came out shortly after we published our What Makes a Gay Anthem piece. And in the months since, there really hasn't been a spot to, like, talk about it, talk about the record. However, I think the album is Savan's finest. It's light and breezy, mm. yet evocative. There's a lot of delightful, unexpected sonic turns on the record, like In My Room, which features Guitarica de la Fuente. There's the song Rush, of course, which is like if village people did house music. <laughs> but the album's emotional centerpiece is a track called One of Your Girls, which may be my favorite song of the year. stuff. Rihanna, tell us more. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoy this song and this album as as a whole because it has very 
poignant expressions of, of desire and lust and these emotions expressed in the simplest of terms. And I, I think on this track specifically, Troy Savan uses a combination of what I feel is like 90s adult contemporary touchstones. There's like a light guitar, there's a meandering tempo alongside vocoder manipulation and tongue-in-cheek lyrics like face card, no cash, no credit. Face card, no cash, no credit. Yes, God, don't speak, you said it. To tell a, a very simplistic tale of romance and, and desperation and misguided pining. I think it's a near-perfect song, and and I feel like it's an example of less is more when it comes to pop music. Hmm. It's deeply simple to me, and I think that's what manages to click. And I'm not the only one that thinks that. Fun fact, Troy Sivan stated that Max Martin came into the studio. He played songs for him. When he heard one of your girls, Max Martin apparently stood up, asked them to play it again, gave the song a glowing review, and then walked Mm. up to the keyboards and played a synth line. And though he's uncredited for his contribution, there's this little synth electronic outro on the song that I think might be what Troy Sivan is talking about. Ooh, speculation. Let's hear it. Mm. That was crazy. Okay, I need to be this person for a second. What does face card, no cash, no credit mean? (laughs) (laughs) Great question, Nate. Because I see Charlie just nodding like, oh yeah, like like he's pretending he understands, but I know he has no idea. Brandon, (laughs) Brandon, maybe, I I don't know. Nope, he's he's clueless too. Okay. So, okay, face card in like drag and gay culture is like when you're looking right, right? Like Mm. you're hot, you're looking good. It's like, okay, face card, you know, like face card never declines is a line on Renaissance. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) face card, no cash, no credit is basically Troy telling this dude that he's obsessed with, you're hot. And it kind of plays into the song, right? Because the song itself is about being gay and being attracted to somebody who's straight. And that's what the chorus means. Like, I could be like one of your girls, your homies. Mm. Give me a call if you ever get desperate. Mm. And the song is like peppered with these gay slang terms like face card, no cash, no credit in sort of like a a, a cheeky way to continue the theme um, so yeah, that's what that's what face card means. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, of it's course. A great line. I had, I know I had no idea. I had no idea. <laughs> this song has one of my actual favorite musical moments of the year as well. I'm so glad you picked it, Rihanna. Mm-hmm. It's this moment of naked vulnerability when he says, La look at you. He has that little stutter step and yeah. look at you, the mm. look at you. And like, who hasn't felt like that before? And it's such a universal <laughs> feeling. Ooh, and the drums even kind of skip a beat. Like the music follows and is equally kind of hesitantly jumping into the chorus. Look, look at you. Beautiful. I really like the sonics of this song, Rihanna. I, I hadn't heard it until you played it. It's akin to Daft Punk's Instant Crush with Julian Casablancas. Yeah, 
and this isn't a best of review of Switched On Pop, but it was my favorite thing to produce this year. It was probably that Daft Punk series. And so I hear in the vocoder, the slow, sexy beat, uh, one of my favorite recordings, a nod or not. I think it's just uh, yeah, the, the sounds here are, are very evocative, very sexy. It's simple. That's why I love it. Thank you, Rihanna Cruz. Engineer, Brandon McFarlane. What's up? What have you been listening to? What has been great for you? I think we're going to go with Victoria Monet and her song, Oh My Mama. I put that on my mama, on my hood. I look fly, I look good. You can't touch my back, wish you could. I look fly, I look too good. Put that on my mama, on my hood. Yeah, Victoria Monet is an R&B artist. She's like originally from Sacramento but moved to L.A. in the 2000s as like a songwriter. She wrote for Ariana Grande. And yeah, her album is nominated for seven Grammys, uh, including Record of the Year, Ooh. which is on my mama. So, yeah. Okay, Brandon, you moved from NorCal to SoCal, just like Victoria Monet. I want to know how this song is connecting for you. Why is this a top pick? Well, I really instantly gravitated towards this song when I heard the sample hook. Okay, does anybody know what that is? Had to have been there. Okay, so this is Charlie Boy, um, a Texas rapper who had a song called I Look Good uh, that came out in like the late 2000s. I won't be shy about my age. I'm 38. Yeah, Brandon. <laughs> I was very much, you know, into snap music. This was like my, you know, high school years or whatever. A little bit after I had a long white tee and Jabot jeans and <laughs> a big hat and I was snapping, right? So this was like a song <laughs> from that era. And so I just loved it. I, I loved it as soon as I heard it. Too good. Shout out to D. Mile, who produced that record and most of Victoria Monet's album. He's produced Lucky Day and Silk Sonic and her. Yeah. He's an amazing producer. And uh, he's also up for best produced record for this song. And uh, yeah, I just think the whole album is crazy. She has a feature from Earth, Wind & Fire, which like, who has that? <laughs> you know, it's like very rare, <laughs> which is also up for a Grammy. And her daughter, who she recorded on that song, it's called Hollywood. She became like the youngest Grammy nominee. She was like four months old when she brought her in the studio to like say a few things. And so if for all the dads, you know, in this group, you know what's up. <laughs> Blue Ivy could never. Yeah. <laughs> could never. Brandon, I feel like to bring her back to all my mama, I feel like the sample use is really smart, right? Because I was unfamiliar with Victoria Monet until I started hearing the song on the radio and when I would go out in places. And like, 
I instantly connected with it because I know the sample, right? And I was like, oh, okay, I already know the words to this song without me ever hearing it before. And that's what sticks with me. I think that sentiment was felt throughout all of like entertainment. There were people like Kerry Washington and all these like black women that like instantly gravitated towards the song. And I think that, yeah, it's because of the smartness in the songwriting. Yeah, and also Victoria Monet is like mad talented as like a dancer too. Because like I've seen a lot of videos on YouTube and like on TikTok of her performing the song and she's so gifted and the way that she moves alongside her backup dancers like put together, it's it's a really great presentation of an R&B star kind of stepping into the spotlight. Yeah, she's one of those. Nobody else could do that right now, I think. Yeah, people are like obsessed with her breath control, right? She's doing these incredibly calisthenic dance moves and not missing a single pitch simultaneously. Mm. I feel like so far our picks this year are kind of uh, some sexy after hours music, which makes it an appropriate time to transition to Professor Nate Sloan, who in another life used to perform a after-hours radio show. What was your handle? What is this segue, Charlie? Are you are you saying I'm a like a phone sex operator or something? I'm I'm very confused right now. <laughs> your late night jazz uh, radio show. Okay, okay, I think I understand what you're saying. After hours, you have to you have to separate the sexiness because I was just spinning obscure jazz LPs from 2 to 5.30 in Extremely the morning. Extremely sexy, obscure jazz LPs. What and was your name, Nate? Joe Flowers? I feel like Joe Flowers, <laughs> Joe Flowers is a sexy after name. Hours. That feels a certain, uh, <laughs> it brings a certain je ne sais quoi. There was a woman named uh, Patricia who would call me during during the holidays and uh, and talk to me about <laughs> how she was lonely and walking around her house with no nothing on, and how during the day she was a dispatcher for the police station, <laughs> but at night she just needed someone to talk to. Did she get on the phone and was she like, "Give me a call if you are lonely"? <laughs> I'm Joe Flowers, and this is Jazz After Hours here at WBRU Providence. You know the number. It's 879-5222, and we'll be here until 530 in the morning, spinning all your favorite jazz and blues classics. This is the only show that begins with a good evening and ends with a good morning. And now here's a little bit of Sonny Rollins' saxophone colossus to get your night started. That's what I'm talking about. Well, okay, it is a little sexy now that, that I'm now that I, that, yeah, yeah. Okay. Talk about voice card, am I right? So, Joe Flowers, uh, did you have an uh, important pick for this year? Well, as we've all learned now, I'm an inveterate jazz lover. So one of the exciting developments for me in 2023 was the runaway success of the artist Leve. And I need to establish right away the person I'm talking about, her name is spelled L-A-U-F-E-Y, and her album, Bewitched, has led to a huge resurgence on TikTok of jazz and Boston Nova covers. It's resulted in her going on a worldwide sold-out tour and revitalizing a lot of classic jazz standards for a new generation of listeners. To give you all like a taste of this sound, we could listen to the title track of this album, Bewitched. 
Nate, this is not the sort of Sonny Rollins picks that you would play as Joe Flowers after hours. What about Leve spoke to you? What I gravitated towards in this album is the throwback sound, the organic recording process she used, the lush strings that she brings into the recording, the references to classic jazz and pop of the 1930s and 40s. No, it's not like a Sonny Rollins tenor solo over bebop changes. It's an homage to uh, an homage. I don't know. I, I, I can't say that word. Ever since the Switch <laughs> on Pop listener told me I was using the word homage wrong, I, I'm very in my head about it. Um, it's a It's a tribute <laughs> to this earlier era of popular music when jazz and pop were intermingled in this way mm. that that they're not really today. They're so separate. Uh, so so I, I love listening to this and and imagining that these worlds can collide together again. I've been surprised to see how much this is hit on TikTok uh, yeah. with the Youngs um, mm. because it has such a vintage throwback vibe to it. And now that I've said that out loud, perhaps it shouldn't be a surprise because the Youngs <laughs> are, are into the, the the vintage vibe. But yeah, I've heard, I've heard this artist everywhere this year. Julie, I had a similar reaction where I was like, oh my God, people in, in their teens and 20s like jazz. That was a cool revelation. And you know, it wasn't just a surprise to you and me. Leve herself, I think, was stunned by the kind of unprecedented success that her, her music has, has had. And I got to sit down and talk to Leve about some of the key sounds on this album and, and where they came from and how she selected certain jazz standards to include here. And I think you'll hear that she is as amazed and pleased as anyone to find her throwback sound registering with with such a, a, a wide and diverse audience of listeners. Hi, I'm Leve. I am a singer and a songwriter, and I also play the cello and some other instruments. <laughs> my albums, my songwriting is very much just recording the story of my life. I like to say every song is like a journal entry. My first album was a lot of questions for the universe. There's literally a song on it called Questions for the Universe. Wish that I could put this into better words. Will I ever fall in love or will I always search? These are my questions. A lot of like, oh, will I ever fall in love? It's a bit naive. It was the first songs I've ever written, really. And with Bewitched, I, I wanted to write a love album. I've had a lot more experience in that field. It's a lot more mature, I think, lyrically and musically a lot more mature as well. I'm a lot more confident as a musician now, so I think I just allowed myself to really lead to what comes most naturally to me, but also what I love the most. Let me be a dreamer, let me float. I can see the whole world from my own little cloud up by the I'll stay here forever and a day. There it is, that cold opening. I thought it would be a cool statement to just have it be 
voice and just have it be me layered on top of me, layered on top of me, paying homage to, you know, when I started this whole artist project, I was just posting videos on Instagram and TikTok of me singing jazz standards and recording layers of harmony on top during the pandemic. So I thought it would be a cool way to pay homage to kind of that time to, to start it like that. I also thought it was just, I wanted something striking, like something that people would remember. Don't you notice how I get quiet when there's no one else around? Me and you and awkward silence. Don't you dare look at me that way. This song was probably one of the fastest to write. Like I wrote it in like 20 or 30 minutes um, just on my couch and I thought it was kind of silly. It's so cool to, to see it go this far. I never thought music I made would ever be able to reach, you know, audiences that, you know, listen to, to pop music. And I think it just goes to show that it doesn't really matter what the genre of music is anymore. Like if people can resonate in some way or understand it in some way, it's, it's, it's there, it's enough. And to see it go into the mainstream like that is really cool and, and just very encouraging as a fan of, you know, older music. You know, I love jazz music and, you know, it's it's obvious that by the Great American Songbook has inspired my writing a lot. And so I feel almost like a duty just to do music, to my heroes, to record a jazz standard for every project that I put out. And Misty is one that is, it's not unknown. A lot of incredible musicians have, have sung it. It's, it's the pop music of the past. It's, I think the lyrics are so beautiful. I often hear that from my fans that, you know, they've found a community within the Leve community of other like-minded people. And, and I think that's just very beautiful, so. The world froze around us, you kiss me goodnight, you be So from Leve's throwback jazz pop sound to Victoria Monet and Troy Sivan, I feel like we've already kicked off this conversation with a wide range of sounds. Charlie, I feel like we should take five, come back, and then I'm very curious to hear what you, Jolie, and our listeners want to hear about. matchup between your two favorite teams and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip off and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. We do, we do, we do, we do. Does anyone here know the lyrics? 
Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight only on Disney Plus. All right, Julie Myers, let's pick it up from here. What have you been listening to? What's great? I have a feeling you're going to give me something very energetic and fun. I think you know where this is going to go based on what I bring to our editorial meetings. <laughs> yeah, I have no foresight as to what you're about to say. I just, I, I feel like I know what you love. So where are we going? A uh, wonderful world of... Polka. K-pop. Oh, okay, right, K-pop. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. no surprises to anybody on this call. Maybe some surprises to the people out there in the world. But uh, I want to talk about a K-pop group called Stray Kids. Uh, they are having a monster year, just a monster 2023. Uh, they released two albums, both of which debuted at number one on the Billboard 200. Uh, they headlined the first night of Lollapalooza Paris. They played at the VMAs, Billboard Music Awards. They uh, sold out some stadium shows in the U.S. for the first time. They're just having an amazing year. Enormous. And I thought we could listen to their first single from Five Star. It's a song called S-Class. Oh my god. Holy shit. Okay, so as I peel my face off the ground, oh my I goodness. need to hear more about what's going on. All right, so that, I think, is actually the quintessential Stray Kids song. You've got just kind of explosive right out of the gate, layered production, nimble rapping, aggressive vocals, found sound in the production, an absolute journey. Every five seconds, you're doing something different, but it all holds together somehow. Um, <laughs> and I think something... That's really cool about Stray Kids is they write and produce all their own music, which is not unheard of in K-pop, but it is kind of rare. I'm generally not a snob about this kind of thing. Like, I don't think that you have to write and produce your music in order to perform it well and to get fans and worldwide success. But the reason why I think this matters for Stray Kids is because K-pop moves really fast, and a lot of these groups go concept to concept to collaborator to collaborator to sound to sound. It's all over the place. Even if something works for them, a lot of times labels are going to switch a group's concept up just to see what happens. And Stray Kids has been allowed to really develop a sound and a signature, and I think that's really contributed to the fact that they've had just kind of smash international success this year. It feels like the culmination. Brandon, I want to know what happened to you listening to that song because you've got the producer's ear. What, what was going through your mind? I've never heard a song that made me feel like I was in a video game and I was like going through different stages <laughs> or like levels or something. And I'm not talking like like a 2D video. I'm like the PlayStation 5 like super game. <laughs> and that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, like in the best way. Like I don't even know what that sound was in the beginning. It was like a busy street or... Something in the be right in the beginning.
I think that's probably what you said when you uh, mentioned found sounds. It like it sounded like this is the start of the game. This is where you're at, and then it just like hopped onto another thing and then another thing. Yeah, I love that. I counted like three genres in one song. It's insane. Listening to one minute of this song is like listening to thirty minutes of another of of like an album. Yeah, there's so much packed into it. It's extraordinary. I know. I think you're absolutely right, Nate. It has this feeling of 30 minutes of music condensed down into one minute. It's like listening to the perfectly cut trailer for some cinematic action movie. And you're getting all these jump cuts and scenes and you're just like, I got to go see the real thing. Uh, and yet that is the entirety. I'm I'm totally stunned, Julie. Yeah, I think but a lot of what people turn to K-pop for is is maximalism. Stray Kids has a very specific way that they do it, though, and I think Brandon hit on it. It does feel like you're kind of cruising through a video game. It's a little bit like Grand Theft Auto, I guess. Um, <laughs> where you're like, I just so crashed into true. a building, and now I'm doing laundry. And that is just like, all, right. oh, that's kind of like the, the, the vibe that you get from it. Um, you know, they do, Stray Kids, they do all kinds of songs. They have ballads. They have a Japanese release this year that sounds like an anime song. They do all kinds of stuff, but I think that this is like, this song S-Class is going to give you that real signature, explosive Stray Kids feeling. Really pumps you up, gets you ready. This is how I pregame therapy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> play Stray Kids. Love that. Oh, that is so fun. Thank you, Jolie. I love that pick. So for the last of the team, I am going to only choose one song I've been accused of other times of choosing more than one song when we do this. Abuse of power. My one song of the year is Sampha's Spirit 2.0. I think this is a song that maybe Brandon shared with the team first a while back uh, in one of our team meetings. And it's probably been the m song that I have spun the most. Sampha is, of course, a UK artist. He's collaborated with Subtract. I think that's where I first heard him. And Kendrick Lamar, Solange, a lot of collaborators. He's got a voice that you want to collaborate with. It's like honey butter. His 2017 album Process won the Mercury Prize. And Spirit 2.0 was, I believe, the lead single off his new album Lahai. It's a song about transcendence and spirituality, at least as I gather, which I think can be a really hard topic to sing about. Spirituality can be cheesy. It can be too literal, tied to an ancient text. Or it can be speaking too specifically to a niche audience. And yet I think he does something where he takes this idea of transcendence and, and makes it both familiar and foreign in this very compelling way. So let's hear a spirit to Ways will catch you. Life will catch you. Life will catch you. Spirit can catch you. Yeah. Lying in reflection. So this song is so transcendent to me. It, it gives you this feeling of leaving this earth into this sort of spiritual realm. And I said that it has this, both feels familiar and foreign at the same time, because I think that feeling of transcendence for anyone who has a, any kind of religious practice or any kind of spiritual practice, you know, that feeling of transcendence is on the one hand right there in front of you and available at any moment. But 
you kind of have to like peel back a layer of reality and 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 see something larger that's that's always there. And he and he does this, I think, in the use of sounds and the way that he constructs his lyrics. This song speaks to me from a producer point of view because he uses these really um, these sounds that are almost like hard to describe but feel familiar. It starts with this Moog semi-modular synth that's doing these like bleep bloops. talked about it on Song Exploder, that the sound reminded him of the West African instrument, the Kora. And that it was a sound that he heard a lot playing growing up in his house. He also references other early childhood elements. There's a, a lyric about a children's book that he reads. The synthesizers that then come in over these Moog semi-modulars that sound kind of like a Kora are doing so using this technique of stacking fifths. He's actually basically taken the synth and tuned one of the notes up a fifth from the other note. And when he does this, it starts to create these harmonies that are, again, familiar, but adding these voicings that are a little bit unfamiliar and are both comfortable and uncomfortable at the same time. The drums are doing the same thing. They skitter along in this sort of like unpredictable nature. there are these beautiful strings created by Owen Pallett, one of the musicians who once inspired the creation of the show, actually. There's so many things in here that I just really love. And then, you know, the lyrics, they're, they're transcendent, but they're about mundane things, about daydreaming on a sofa, going for a drive, sitting on a park bench, all places where you're able to feel this feeling of going beyond. I, I really loved Spirit 2.0. I'm really grateful that Brandon brought that track to the team because I've been listening to it nonstop. Yeah, same. I love that song. I have a soft spot for artists that try to blend synth and like live sound. Hmm. Like groups like Little Dragon do it really well. Was it the blue night? Maybe like James Blake. There's a limit to your love. Your love, your love, your love. There's a limit to your care. I always imagine Sanford like starting on the piano. A lot of his songs like feel like they can be sung that way. And then with like him just being a phenomenal um, vocalist, his voice is almost like operatic. The synth stuff that's not over the top, it's not bombastic at all, it doesn't lead anything per se. Like really the the melody and the piano are really the standouts. Hmm. And then all these other things, all these other sonics, like transcendent is the word, I think. Thanks for sharing that, Charlie. That is a, a stunning track that makes me optimistic about the future of music. I feel like we have had an incredible array of music from the five uh, Power Rangers, Avengers, here. Now we should kick it over to our listeners who have impeccable taste. I mean, the people listening to the show are at the vanguard of all music. So 
Rihanna, my understanding is that you took one of our listeners' favorite artists of 2023 and actually tracked them down to understand the secret behind their success. Well, yes, we have a listener recommendation. Here is Lauren, a listener of the show, who wrote in asking us to talk about one of the breakout pop artists of 2023, Chapel Roan. Hi, I'm Lauren, and I'm a huge fan of Chapel Roan's music. I think she's a super unique and interesting character and sound in pop right now. Her songs are so clever, funny, smart, emotional, and overall such a fun time. I just always have a great time dancing when I'm listening to her music. So that is Super Graphic Ultra Modern Girl off of Chapel Roan's debut album, The Rise and Fall of a Midwest Princess, which came out this year. And Chapel Roan is a pop artist from Missouri. She's been releasing music for over half a decade, but this year put out her debut record. And it's been captivating people, as this listener says, through, you know, mostly by word of mouth and the promise of fun, danceable pop music. You know, Lauren says it in the message, her music is fun and exciting, and it's understandable why people are so into it. So, since Chaperone is a name I have heard countless times this year, I thought we should get her on the show and unpack some of her sound and why it's sticking with folks. Hello, I'm Chaperone. I'm a singer. <laughs> so, in your case, you've been releasing music since 2017. What was your intent with your debut record? I just kind of released an album of kind of the fantasy pop star version of myself that I dreamed of being whenever I was little. So this is just kind of an homage to like my childhood view of pop singers. So in your words, what is like the Chapel Roan sound? I say slumber party pop mm. because it feels like that. I like that. It's like it's more than bedroom pop. Not that it's more, but it's it's not as chill as bedroom pop. Yeah. Um, but it still feels like fun with all your girlies and you dance around and like do makeup or play dress up or play video games, whatever. And then at the end of the night, there's always that girl that like cries and then everyone starts crying. So that's what I feel like it is. Do you feel like you and other stars of a similar age approach pop music differently than stars from, you know, a previous generation? I think we approach it the same. I think we have less limits. Like, I think Miley really sacrificed herself with the foam finger. And now, like, we get to do that and, like, no one really bats an eye. Mm -hmm. Even Kesha having her mom dressed up as a penis on stage. Like, that was very jarring for 2011. So I feel like I can have a chorus that says, knee deep in the passenger seat and you're eating me out. Is it casual now? And it, people are like, yep, you know. I feel like, if anything, like, millennial pop paved the way for Gen Z to be even more obnoxious. Well, I mean, your music contains a lot of, like, chants. Group vocals. No! 
kind of like call outs to the audience and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. There is, I feel like, an incorporation of community on the record. W- was that your intention? Yeah, absolutely. Every You can like be like, oh, I see what she was doing here. Like listen to every bridge of every song. And it's like, oh, this is call and response. Or I literally made Hot To Go because I wanted something like the YMCA. <laughs> where everyone knows like to do a dance like it's everyone can do it and I always think of the crowd like we're I'm literally in the studio right now like we're working because we have to start on the next album like now that's quick oh I know and we literally just had a part that we just wrote like (laughs) 10 minutes ago that we were like oh leave this section blank because people will love to sing this song acapella with me like so it's very much included and thought about because it's so fun to get everyone in kind of this religiously pop space it's very spiritual to be singing together it's very community-based you're right Yeah, that's why I can imagine listeners love Chapel and they love these songs because there is a community element. And I feel like with modern pop stars, you know, like Chapel Roan kind of commanding the cultural zeitgeist, I feel like live shows and incorporation of the community is really important in their pop star presentation. So I expect to hear a lot more of Chapel Roan in 2024. So I thought that was a fitting note to end the episode on. I will say that even though the year is not over and we will be continuing to work together before the holiday, my favorite part of making this show is doing it in community with the four of you and all of our listeners. Uh, Jolie, Brandon, Rihanna, Nate, all of our listeners, thank you so much for these recommendations. We have, though, one more thing for you. We've only gotten to cover six songs, our favorite picks of the year. But in reality, we've been listening to so much music. I have sourced the top albums from all of our team. Jolie, Brandon, Rihanna, Nate, you have all shared with me things that you love. And I want to share those with our listeners. If you want to hear them, you can subscribe to our newsletter, which we are relaunching. It is in our show notes, and it's on our website. Okay, this is exciting. We have thousands of subscribers, but we haven't been writing in quite a while. So what we want to offer you are our behind-the-scenes thoughts on the music stories happening on and off our show and be your personal guide through the world of pop. We'll share our weekly playlist of songs on each show, as well as recommendations of what else to listen to curated from our team. If you want to listen to all of our favorite picks, check them out in the Switched On Pop newsletter. Uh, thank you, everybody. This has been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. Woo-hoo. Avengers unite. Assemble. <laughs> I'll never live it down. Switched on Pop is produced by me, Charlie Harding. Also produced by me, Nate Sloan. And it's also produced by me, Rihanna Cruz. Edited by Jolie Myers. Engineered by your boy, Brandon McFarlane. 
Iris Gottlieb does our illustrations, and Abby Barr does community management. And Ashok Kurwa is our executive producer, member of the Vox Media Podcast Network, and a production of Vulture. Send us all of your favorite things that happened this year in music. Uh, you can find us online on all the social sites at Switched On Pop. Our website is switchedonpop.com. You can contact us there as well. Again, subscribe to our new newsletter at our website and in our show notes. We'll be back again next week with a brand new episode. And until then, thanks, thanks, for, thanks for listening. Thanks. matchup between your two favorite teams and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip off and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your life sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.